0: This information is subject to a disclaimer at the end of this podcast. Please ensure that you listen to the disclaimer and go to www.ubs.com for further information about UBS.
1: I am Pablo Villanueva, a senior U.S. economist at UBS, and I am joined by my colleague, Andrew Dubinsky. Welcome, Andrew.
2: Thank you. Happy to be here.
1: Over the last couple of weeks, oil prices have been very volatile. We, the Brent oil prices were at around $100 per barrel at the end of February. They reached the level of 130, and they're back now to around $100. So, we've naturally received a lot of questions from clients on this topic. Uh, before tackling these questions, I'd like to first get a, a quick snapshot of what's the role of oil for the US economy, Andrew.
2: Well, you know, we consume a fair amount of it, it's around 2.5% of consumers' purchases using the PCE data. And we know for lower-income households, it's a little bit higher, at around 3%. Low for upper-income households, around 2%. But it's one of our most salient purchases, obviously. You know, we buy it every week, and it can have a lot of influence on consumer sentiment.
1: I mean, I guess even the, the price of gasoline is literally on the street while you're driving. So I mean, it's very salient, definitely.
2: Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, of course, one of the other key things to note is now the U.S. is the world's largest producer, making around 11.6 million barrels per day. And uh, obviously, that's a you know big change from you know recent decades.
1: That's that's an, an incredible statistic. I, I honestly didn't know that the U.S. is one of the largest, literally the largest producer of oil. That's quite a change from the '70s and '80s. And, and also, over the last two weeks, given the, the, the moves in the price, in the oil price, a lot of people were bringing the, the '70s and '80s an example of a, of a potential situation where, where we could see again. In, in particular a, a potential stagflation with very low growth and, uh, and very high inflation. But you put out a note recently arguing that this time is actually quite different. What are some of the differences between the situation now and, and those decades?
2: Yeah, I think there's a, a perception that uh, it could be a really big risk for growth. But uh, you know, our view is, there, is some he- there are some headwinds, particularly for the consumer. Uh, but it's just a, quite a bit different in terms of where we are now versus where we were a couple decades ago. So for example, we brought up that consumption share, it's now around 2.5 percent when we're talking about gas. It used to be 6 percent in the early 80s or even 3.5 percent in 2007. So it's a lot less money, uh, of at least in, p- in terms of people's purchases, is going to gasoline. And the production story for the U.S. is really different. Uh, we were on this long slide for around 40 years. and over the past decade, it's been growing around 7% annually. And our energy team expects another 6% next year. So it's a really different trend of just growing. Uh, and it just has a lot of implications for investment, as well as the trade. So it's just something really different than where we were even in 2007.
1: So, so what's going to be the net impact, you think, on growth? I mean, from, from on the one hand, we have the consumer suffering a bit getting paying higher oil prices. But on the other, on the other hand, we get some investment response i guess more production higher exports what do you think is the net impact and what are the different drivers that are going to be behind the the growth
2: yeah so i'll start with the the top line numbers we think for every 10 dollars increase in oil we think it's around a one-tenth uh drag on gdp growth and where does that come from well the starting point is it is still a headwind for consumers uh, it's considered a real income shock. So if you think about the thirty or so dollar increase in oil we've seen since the fourth quarter, that's about a 7 10th drag on income growth compared to the fourth quarter. Now, what does it mean for consumption? Well, certainly there's an income hit, but we do think that there can be some savings offset, so that people don't necessarily adjust their spending by as much as the income
1: hit. Uh, l- oh l- yeah. L- let me stop you there. On, on these savings. Where did, uh, didn't people save money in the past, or why, why is this saving situation different this time around?
2: Yeah, that, that it's, it's something that's very interesting when you look at the data. So right now the savings rate is around 7%, uh, not that different than where we were in pre-COVID levels. And historically, what we saw uh, pre-2000 is the savings rate would often go up when energy prices rose. So that would be a, a double whammy in terms of the consumption effects, because you were feeling poor and you were also increasing your savings, which means you're, you're cutting down on your spending. Yeah. And now, when we look at the past 20 years, it's different. We see that the savings rate actually tends to be negatively correlated with energy prices. Interesting.
1: And uh, sorry I interrupted you. now you were mentioning the impact on the consumer yeah so
2: the consumer is the main drag but then as you mentioned there are a couple other uh, uh, offsets so first off uh, there is some additional investment growth right now uh, investment uh, in oil related structures and equipment is about half a percentage point of GDP that could pick up a little bit and as we mentioned the trade channel has really changed a bit and we might see a little bit of uh, an increase in net exports through crude, and petroleum products. So you know we t- put all that together, that's how we come up with that one-tenth of a drag. Uh, so when we, we've been adjusting our forecast, as you know, uh, we have cut our consumption growth view a bit in the you know, first half of this year. So we are seeing somewhat of a deceleration uh, from the second half where we're growing around 2.5% annualized rate, and that'll probably slow to more like 2%. But it's still a you know, pretty solid number, given the oil price increase we're seeing.
1: Yeah, thank you. And, and what are some of the risks around this growth uh, impact estimate?
2: Well, so we are expecting some oil, price, uh, oil production growth in response to these high, higher prices. Uh, some people are surprised it's not more. And, and one of the things that we, we don't know is how will these oil producers in the US respond to these higher prices? Uh, and I recommend. Folks read uh, Lloyd Burns' research because he's focusing just on how these producers will respond. And something that's very different compared to say five years ago is these companies are acting pretty conservatively in terms of how much faster they want to invest. They're noting that there are you know labor shortages that affect their market. Uh, there's also uh, supply shortages, so th- they may not be able to ramp up very quickly, uh, and that will you know affect just how much. Uh, you know, additional production we get, how much additional investment we get, and we were talking about that consumer response. We're expecting consumers to smooth some of this real income change, but they may not, uh, and and certainly, so that's a that's a downside risk.
1: So it seems that the the uncertainty around the there's uncertainty from both the consumer response and the business response. Would you would you say that there's lower confidence? On what the investment response is going to be, or the consumer response, or equal, or, or roughly the same.
2: Well, I, I I think we have about you know twenty years of data for the consumer at these lower consumption shares. Yes. Uh, so I think we have a, you know, a decent idea of what the impact should look like. You know, sometime over the next six months, yes. we should see some slower consumption growth. The history of the U.S. being this really big producer is a bit more recent. So I think uh, there's a bit more uncertainty just about how. They'll respond, and how they respond in this pretty tight labor market environment.
1: Yeah, and I guess also an important input is going to be the volatility of oil prices. The investment response probably is going to be stronger if we get sustained higher oil prices with less volatility than the moves we have been over the last we have seen over the last couple of weeks.
2: That's right. It's not just the spot price that matters for these producers, but the whole oil's futures curve. So it's uh, that's one factor, and of course they're thinking about their input costs and how that affects, uh, and that affects their you know their, their investment decision.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, Andrew. And another question that we've been receiving a lot uh, from clients is, what's going to be the impact of infl- on inflation of these higher oil prices? And of course, the inflation has been the topic of debate for the last 12 months and continues to be so. And roughly, the, the numbers that we have of the impact of higher oil prices on inflation are that a $10 upward move in, in oil has an impact of around 40 basis points on headline inflation and around four basis points on core. So much higher impact for the headline number than for the core number. And actually, a fairly muted impact for the core number. In response to these higher prices, we have moved up our inflation forecast for the end of the year. We expect headline PCE is going to be around 3% and core PCE around 2.5%. A couple of months ago, we were expecting core PC to to end the year at around 2.2%. So so we have done a bit of an upward revision to to the core part. What does this mean for the Fed? Well, it does. uh, We're already expecting the the starting point, it's a very hawkish Fed. I mean, we're expecting the Fed to be hiking at every meeting between March and November. So there's little room for the Fed to be even more hawkish. And given the, the small impact of, um, on core of these higher oil prices on core inflation, we, we didn't uh, add uh, more cumulative hikes to our Fed projection. That being said, if oil prices moved sustainably around $150 per barrel, we could see the Fed uh, sneaking it uh, uh, one, one more, more hike maybe towards the end of the year in response to this higher inflation. Um, So overall, definitely a lot of impact on headline, much less so on core, and much less so on on the Fed, given the already hawkish starting point that we were expecting. So that's it for today. Thank you, Andrew, for, uh, for being with us today. And thanks to the listeners. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us for any questions via email, chat, phone, Or also by submitting your questions to the UBS question mark. I am Pablo Villanueva, today is March 16th, and thank you very much for joining us.
0: This content has been prepared by UBS AG, its subsidiaries, and or affiliates, and is purely informational in nature. It is not investment research and does not contain an investment recommendation nor investment or professional advice. It is not an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity, and you should seek your own financial, tax, and legal advice before engaging in any such activity. UBS has no responsibility to you in relation to this content and has no regard to your personal circumstances or investment objectives and receiving it does not imply any form of client relationship with UBS for any legal, regulatory, or tax purpose. This content is not intended for distribution into any jurisdiction where to do so would be contrary to law or regulation. UBS does not accept any liability over the content of such material or reliance upon any information contained herein. The views and opinions expressed by any guest speaker or third party are not those of UBS. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over any such views and opinions expressed by such persons. This content is the valuable intellectual property of UBS, and UBS specifically prohibits the redistribution of it in whole or in part without its prior written permission. Copyright UBS 2022. The key symbol and UBS are among the registered and unregistered trademarks of UBS. All rights reserved.